0: Hey and welcome to Game Talk episode 25. I'm your host Ambed Mion. Today I'm joined by Connor. Hi guys. And Michael. Hi. The first thing we want to talk about are console names. So pretty self-explanatory. A console's name, while it might not seem like an important thing, I feel like it could, it can and has defined sort of the tone and the almost even the success of several consoles in the past. Um, one really glaringly obvious example I can think of is the Nintendo Wii, Wii would which like was to play. one of the most oh. successful consoles of all time. Uh, like the marketing for the Wii was on point. The name naturally evoked the fact that it would be like a fun multiplayer type party. You can show it to anyone type console. While conversely, its successor, the Wii U, was a brand new console, but the name didn't really convey that. And we saw what happened to the Wii U in terms of sales. So names can be a very important thing for console branding. So I just wanted to bring it up and talk about console names.
1: I think Nintendo in particular should know better because they've made this mistake before. They, uh, they made the same mistake uh, with the Super Nintendo like the, uh, the NES was super popular and then they released the super NES and people aren't sure what it is at all.
0: Right. Unless you make like a clear delineation between consoles like PlayStation does, like PlayStation has the most yeah. simple naming and convention of all the companies, you know, just pl- PlayStation one, two, three, four. And that, that's a clear sign. I think that, um, that, you know, there's a new, there's new hardware available, you know, like. The average parents Christmas shopping for their kid can recognize that as opposed to Nintendo and even to an extent, Microsoft's con- confusing naming strategy. Like when the Xbox one name was announced, I'm sure a lot of parents were confused that Christmas, like trying to get their kids, the Xbox 360 where, as in fact, the Xbox one was the newest model of the system. So
2: I was, I'm theorizing after the Xbox two, Or it's not going to be the Xbox 2. It's going to be like the Xbox 720 or the 90. The Xbox Euclidean Geometry. It's going to be some ridiculous dopey name because Microsoft kind of has it in their head that they can't name their consoles in a sequential order or have any fun with their names.
0: Well, well, Nintendo doesn't name their consoles in a sequential order either, but I feel like they have had comparatively more catchier sounding console names. Like, I think Nintendo Switch is a great name, even though there were some... Yeah, I agree. There were some, there. like, people who didn't feel that way when the console was announced. I thought Nintendo Wii, Nintendo GameCube, Nintendo 64, all great titles. Yeah,
1: they were all very clear.
2: Yeah, they're very descriptive of what the console does, unlike the Xbox One, which... That yeah, mean?
0: like, you know, GameCube, you know. The... The visuals were in the title.
2: A cube yeah, Nintendo's
0: games? consoles did a good idea, like for the most part, did a good job of like evoking what those systems were kind of about.
1: Right. I I think it may have been confusing to have the GameCube and the Xbox around. Yeah, at the I could same see that, time. but uh, I don't really. I was too young to really remember that. I think uh, we're kind of neglecting the masters of terrible console names, though, and that would have to be that would have to be Sega.
0: I don't it's know. I thought I awful, thought Dreamcast yeah. was even, a cool-sounding name, but it,
1: oh yeah, no. They at the very end they kind of got it together, but like the Sega Genesis, the Sega Master System, the Sega, the Game Gear. It just see, I I can't get straight what all of those are. Even as somebody who's very interested in retro games, I don't know what any of those things. Here's are.
0: Here's something. Like, do you feel like maybe we feel that way because? Sega ended up being not successful in the console space? You think in some alternate universe where Nintendo failed and then Sega succeeded, those names would sound normal?
1: I, I still think people would be mocking them for it, the same way we mock Nintendo for the Super Nintendo.
2: Do we mock Nintendo for the Super Nintendo?
1: I mean, lots of people do. I don't. Lots of people who were young back then like would well, ask their parents, think, they want the new Super I Nintendo. I think a more... They, their parents would be like, you already have a Nintendo, you don't need another. I think a
0: more apt... And current analogy would be the Wii U, you know, from the Wii. Yeah, that's yeah, just
1: definitely. Yeah, that's
0: a that was a terrible, terrible mistake.
1: Like in the Sega CD, um, people were like, "Oh, is this a new console? No, it's not. It's an add-on for a Genesis." Like, I'm sure there was a non-zero number of people that bought that without already having a Genesis, when it's really just a disk drive for the Genesis.
2: And I own a Sega Genesis disk drive. I have two of them.
0: So. How do you guys feel about um, PlayStation? It's obviously the simplest naming convention, but, you know, I think it's probably the best. It's
1: the least interesting. Exactly.
0: I mean, it's worked out for them really well. It's kind of like a double edged sword, I think, because like one, you avoid the awkwardness and the confusion when you have a name that doesn't really convey what it is you're selling. Like, you know, Wii U, a lot of people thought that was just an add on to the Wii. You avoid that, but simultaneously, you don't get to have like cash in on a hip, trendy sort of thing like Nintendo Switch does. You know, I feel like I honestly do feel like Nintendo Switch would not sell as well as it has. It would probably still sell really well, but not as well as it has if it had like a lamer name.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like if it had the Wii in its name, I don't think it would be selling at all. Yeah.
0: Like. It. The about
1: as as the Wii, We it. go
0: or something if it was called we go,
1: yeah, no yeah. it it would probably be the Wii me, I think that would it's just just because
0: that's just yeah, it's getting ridiculous I, at that point, I
1: just yeah, I don't think it would go anywhere, um, I think it's definitely true that a name carries a lot, uh, I really don't think naming has anything to do with the Xbox one being behind. Uh, I agree that it's not a good I think name, it's a but I don't por- think that's what their issue is. I think is. it's not.
0: It's it's a small it reason as to why. Yeah, it's a small reason. Because there were definitely like anecdotal stories like of people going to buy Xbox One for their kids and buying 360s instead because they thought 360s were the mo- more advanced models or whatever. Yeah. Um, We didn't really touch on uh, handheld games. I kind of wanted to bring that up. I feel like handhelds as a whole have way better names than consoles, like Game Boy, Nintendo DS. I I just thought, I think those are, I don't know, really just simple yeah. yet very evocative names.
1: The 3DS is good. Um, the Switch is good.
0: Right, Switch gets to be both. And I think the even even the PlayStation ones, like PSP, PS Vita, is probably the weakest one. But I still think it's a pretty yeah. catchy name for a handheld.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, Yeah, I don't think there's a ton to say about them. Yeah, there really isn't. Just because they they sell so well. I mean, yeah, they work. Everybody knows what they are. The Nintendo DS, I don't know. I don't know if that's really a good name. It's very descriptive. (laughs) The Nintendo (laughs) dual screen. Like...
0: Wow, I feel really stupid. I never realized DS stood for dual screen. I just kind of understood... I just took DS at face value. Really? But yeah, that totally makes sense, yeah.
1: And then, I I guess the Nintendo 3 dual screen was, I mean, arguably inaccurate, but... I mean, it was 3D. It's 3D screen. Yeah.
2: The Nintendo 3D screen. Yeah.
1: So, really, they just kind of nailed it every time. I mean, the Sega Game Gear, I guess, doesn't, like, scream portability to me, but...
0: I don't know. I think the Game Boy is the best handheld console name of all time. Like
1: it's a little gender, I, I, which is dis disadvantage.
0: Mm, yeah, I, I suppose that's true. But it just, it's just maybe it's the nostalgia factor for me. But
2: just what about the Virtual Boy? That, that's one.
1: The Virtual Boy was trying to so much like the 3DS was trying to cash in on the Game Boy's popularity. But also communicate that it was supposed to be a virtual reality device. Tried. And it was just a catastrophic it was ahead of its time. in every
2: way. It wasn't ahead of its time. It was <laughs> at its time. Maybe even before. Everything
1: had a reddish tint that hurt your eyes. Well, it would have hurt your eyes way so more if it had, had like a greenish tint like the Game Boy.
0: We can go a little further back in time too. Like really, really old. Like oh. console names like atari 2600 shack, yeah, i R,
1: hate those like, names yeah the atari that's yeah just, and 50. that's an awful name
0: yeah yeah just slap an arbitrary like i'm sure 2600 has some significance but that's like i feel like that, that is, whoever came up with that name you know there was no marketing there were no marketing teams involved you know
1: yeah probably not yeah, at least not good ones right uh yeah, so I guess we'll move on to our next topic, which is uh, MMOs or massively multiplayer games. So uh, I think all three of us have a decent amount of experience with MMOs. Yeah, me and Amid share a lot of experience in a game called Maple Story, which is a very shameful kind of a children's MMO. <laughs> uh, Mike, you play a lot which, of Warframe. That's yeah, an MMO, and I'm it? currently you know <laughs> playing in the background right now. Oh. <laughs> so I guess, uh, the point of an MMO is that it's, it's massively multiplayer online, which is what the name implies. And, uh, basically it's just a big old, it's a big community often more than it is a game. You take, uh, you take a set of game mechanics and then uh, it make them require cooperation and, uh, communication I mean,
0: it's in the title, right? Like massively multiplayer online games. That's what they are, right? So
1: ideally, they um, have thousands of players.
0: And MMOs have been around for—I mean, for, for what seems like forever yeah, at this point. As long as the I,
1: internet has been, reasonable. yeah.
0: And they were sort of games. They were games as a service before games as a service became a thing. You know, right?
1: Microtransactions definitely started in the MMO space.
0: Yeah, and other game genres and developers saw how lucrative that was and we're seeing that more and more um those systems in all sorts of games now like all sorts of games and genres like call of duty has got microtransactions and i don't have to go through the list but like all sorts all the major publishers and companies took that model and sort of made their own spin on it
1: Right, and uh, MMOs also were the first to have a subscription service, like all consoles have now. Right. And I think it's interesting just to see... I don't know, the genre is very stagnant recently. We have MMO lights innovating a little bit, but um, you don't see an MMO get popular very often anymore. I, I would say still most of the MMO crowd is playing World of Warcraft. Yeah, which
0: world is of like, Warcraft took over the world and kept it. That's over
1: 10 years old yeah. now, isn't it?
0: Yes, I think. Has anybody played so. it? I have actually I have Oops, tried
1: I've tried a couple times and I
0: could never get into
1: it. I've never played it myself, but I've played um quite a few MMOs. I'll, uh, I've played a game called Flife. I've played Maple Story, I've played Mabinogi, I've played Vindictus. So,
0: I want to bring something up and this might just be due to my limited knowledge, but I feel like most if not all MMOs are also RPGs.
1: Yeah, I I'd say the vast yeah, majority like because that. that's the easiest uh easiest way to go, I think, to keep people in for the long run. You have stuff
2: like War of Tanks and other like Massively lobby shooters.
1: Right. Yeah, I'm, I think, I'm not inclined to call those MMOs though. Because it's not a huge number of yeah. people playing in the same in the same.
0: Cuz then you're space. kind of getting more into the realm of just a typical sure. multiplayer game like a, you know, like for instance Halo like team deathmatch or something just on a slightly larger scale
2: right i would by that nature i would consider warframe multi- massively multiplayer because it's all instanced but at the same time there is places where you can be with a hundred some players right and
1: also you have to um you have to take into account that in warframe you have to watch community markets and stuff as well don't you yeah so i think that, well to an extent yeah that leans into the mmo side is the community and there's clans and everything so it's
2: very much fits in with the sort of an MMO, but at the same time it's instanced. That's where I think World of Tanks falls. Well, is in an instance. Of well, MMO. I think like there's a common world space, but
0: I mean, I'll, I I would say most, if not all, MMOs at at the very least have their world divided up into different channels or servers because yes. you know there's absolutely right. no way like one server could hold the entire population of MMO, MMO. we would be talking like millions of players at once, you know,
1: unless you're Eve. Yeah. Eve. Well, Eve is instanced sort of, sort of all the different places you can go in Eve are different instances. Like not, they're not all running on the same machine necessarily to my understanding, but that's, that's far too technical to worry about on our podcast. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I don't know. Uh, I think an MMO, uh, just a a downside to MMOs, I guess, is that they're really attractive to, um, beginning game developers for some reason. Yeah, Really? A lot of people want to jump in and make an MMO and I don't really know why for a lot of reasons. I feel like that should be maybe one of your (laughs) last
0: endeavors after you've gotten like tons of experience.
1: Right. I mean, yeah, it's incredibly difficult, but I see regularly people talking about like hey i'm getting uh, on reddit and stuff in different forums like hey i'm getting started in game development um i want to learn how to make mmos and then everybody in the comments are just like well uh first you're gonna need to work 30 years as a software engineer yeah that's
0: that's like wanting to run a marathon before you can even crawl i would say
1: yeah it's um and i don't really uh, for a lot of reasons i don't understand why people want to do that because one it's one of the most difficult genres to succeed in. Like, if you're not World of Warcraft or maybe Guild Wars, like, you're not like going succeed Korean in the MMO space. Where, yeah.
2: You know, all your, everything you do is grind and...
1: Yeah, it's just not, and, and like, con- it's so content heavy. And it's just, I mean, yeah, it just seems, it seems even to me, like, before I was into game development, it seemed like the most difficult thing to make. I, and I just you also,
2: it's also the costless because again, you have to support an entire player backend,
1: right? Yeah. You have to run all these servers and everything. I just don't understand why people flock to it as a, as a beginning place, but that's kind of an aside. Well, a lot of
0: times, uh, MMOs, people who really do play MMOs, that's typically all they play, right? So they're very invested and very passionate about, you know, just MMOs. So I could see maybe that's why like, that might be all they know and they kind of want to just take advantage of that maybe.
1: Yeah. Yeah, maybe. And I kind of get that. Like, I don't know. I get that people love the sense of community and everything in MMOs, but by and large, these games aren't very good. I feel like, like uh, when I see world of Warcraft, like, I don't see it doing anything that most other RPGs don't do better. So it's, it's just the sense of community. I think, I think
0: this is a good time to segue into why these games are so popular and even addicting. Like MMOs are more addicting, I would say, than any other game genre. Um,
1: I, I would say for sure because people can really live in an MMO because there's real people you can talk to and sell right. things to. You hear stories about
0: people like meeting their significant others, future husbands, and wives through MMOs like World of Warcraft. I, I had a
1: friend who met his girlfriend on RuneScape.
2: You know, some, yeah. some MMOs cut either. There's two types of MMOs the Skinner Box MMOs, which WoW falls into, where it <laughs> rewards a player for doing something. And then it shows them another reward that they have to do something for, and it just keeps them hooked on that chain of rewards. And that's how WoW works. And then you have stuff like Warframe, where it's less of a Skinner box and more of a, oh, this is so much fun killing things, and kind of a big power fantasy.
1: I don't know if... uh, I think there's kind of a third there, which is like the big, wide-open playground, Yeah, which is what um, Guild Wars and Mobinogi kind of fall into. Because uh, they, in a sense... They don't really bar you from going anywhere. They kind of scale, sort of like Skyrim does. They scale levels so that you can be wherever you want to be, with a couple of exceptions, so that you have something to work towards. That's cool. And that just kind of lets you go out, and you have this big old world you can explore and live in. And I think that's interesting. I think it says a lot That that, like... It's hard to name an MMO that doesn't have a system to like buy a house or join a guild. Or right. Stuff.
0: Community is absolutely a core tenant of an MMO.
1: And I mean, you can get married in most MMOs. Even Maple Story, an MMO designed for children, you can get married. In right.
0: It. But like, <laughs> but even that said, I would say community is still the second most important aspect. The, the number one reason I think people are addicted to MMOs is the like the loot loop. You know what I mean? Like, MMOs have that down better than. Any other game genre?
1: Yeah, yeah, they definitely do, and not necessarily like loot in the traditional sense. Like it can be new skills, new exp. Like like you and I get addicted to Maple Story, exactly.
0: For I, and I can't quite like
1: just watching those numbers get P- bigger. Wait,
0: why? Yeah, it's like a very base human thing. Like it, like I don't know. The, the, the MMOs are just masters at rewarding you at just the right time for you to crave that reward again. You know what I mean? Like.
1: Yeah, I would say MapleStory is definitely better than that than the MMO I got addicted to the most, which is MapleStory. Or uh, MapleStory does it better than Mobby which is the game I got most addicted to as a kid.
0: Yeah, there's always that hook that just keeps you like keeps you going, keeps you doing that mundane task, right? And that's like more than like if you boil it down, most of like the busy work in an MMO is pretty mundane, you know
1: uh right, yeah it's like when you and i were playing maple story we were basically just standing in the same place hitting a key over and over again yeah. a key exactly yeah and watching the numbers and that's watching it gradually get less and less efficient until we had to find somewhere else to do it
0: and it's all so like the, all the enjoyment it's just i don't know it's just like ingrained in your watching brain those
1: numbers go up it's faster, enjoyable
0: yeah. to do that for whatever reason you know it's not intellectually stimulating at all or anything like that but it's still
2: fun
1: I, I don't think it would be fun to do alone, though, so I don't know that I agree that community is not at least equal to that. Yeah, because you need someone to talk to while you're sitting there hitting a key over and over
2: again. That's true, yeah.
1: Right, because I think my favorite MMO experiences myself are, like, when I would be, like, doing gr- just grinding or something, doing one of the mundane tasks, and then somebody would show up wherever I was grinding and, like... <laughs> maybe i'd ask them a question or they'd ask me a question or whatever one of us knew something about the game that the other didn't and then we'd go on this wacky misadventure that didn't really necessarily benefit both of us but one of us was you know gaining from it and the other was at least having fun and that's a doing good doing it like
0: that's a good thing to bring up just the sense of adventure in mmos just coupled with the fact that you can play it with your friends there's nothing quite like hopping into a new MMO with your friends and just kind of exploring and getting lost in it together. Like, yeah, I can see how that w- could form like very strong, like emotional bonds.
1: Right. Like I, I remember, I think my fondest uh, memory of Maple story was um I was like probably 10 or 11 or something playing that game. And I was just grinding in the woods and these two guys, uh, a guy and a girl show up and they're dating And, um, they were like trying to figure out how to get married and they had no idea where the town was. I forget. I forget what it was called. I think it's like Amherst or something. It was
0: like Amoria, right?
1: Amoria. Yeah. And I knew how to get to it. And it was like the entrance was like fairly well hidden. And then we had to go find it. And then we found out the guy wasn't a high enough level to get married yet. So he had to train (laughs) up. And it was like, it was like a multi-day thing that we would just get on at a certain time and hang out and try to solve this problem for them.
0: Yeah. And that really is, like, a unique thing to MMOs.
2: Yeah. It rarely happens in other games. Even games like Fortnite have that, where it's like you're grinding challenges or something. And that one moment when you can get a bunch of randoms together to do the challenge with you, it's re- more rewarding than anything else in that game. Any game, really. Yeah.
1: Just the just the relationships you form. Like, uh, I was playing Nogi, and I met this guy named Aaron. Uh, Real name? Because I saw... Huh? real
0: name no
1: nah, i well presumably that was his name in the game i don't know if that was his real name or not but um well i've never met him but uh we hung out like every day for years wow. and uh in Yogi for like a year or two maybe three it, it started in middle school and went a little into high school and i introduced him to some of my other friends from real life and like they were all friends as well and like it's just wild but it was just like we were waiting for a dungeon and we just partied up because like i don't know we thought it was going to be too hard at first and uh he played a little more than me and uh he was a lot stronger so he showed me how to get some different skills and stuff that you could find in the world that you couldn't like learn just by leveling up you had to find them and do these really long quest chains and he showed me how to do that and uh eventually like he just kind of took me under his wing and taught me stuff about the game as it came out because i wasn't very good at it and uh eh. I checked with him like a couple years ago. Um, I think I was still in high school, but I signed in, and he was in the top 100 players. Wow, that's amazing! And like, yeah, that so was just somebody he I used to hang out with like every day. Yeah, and he—it was just crazy. Yeah, one of the top 100 players on my server, which was one of the bigger ones, I think. And that was, that was just insane to me. He and for some good. people,
2: that's the end game—is teaching people.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, that was definitely like. He didn't gain a whole lot from helping me out. It's just that he had kind of plateaued. I mean,
0: at that point, you've lived in this world and explored all of its nooks and crannies, know all of its secrets. You know, you're kind of there's there's a yeah. I mean, he was online twenty four seven. There's a certain sense of yeah. accomplishment that comes with that. like
2: games like Warframe. Also, where there's no end game that's apparent. The end game is helping other players. Like yeah, and I think that's just awesome. It's designed specifically so you should help other players because, you know, you have nothing better else to do. You might as well teach someone new and have them experience the same, like, joy that you have.
1: Right. Yeah, I just think those relationships are really cool. That can really, like, I mean, that's not the only context they can form in, but that that is the context I've seen them in personally the most, probably.
0: Yeah, interplayer relationships cool. are more common in MMOs than I feel like any other...
1: Yeah, I think the only other game I've ever like talked to someone and become friends with them like through the game would have to be Rocket League.
0: Yeah, like really popular oh, multiplayer, multiplayer games. games.
1: Yeah, Little Big Planet gave you cuz it kind of would party you up and you'd stay in the same place with people for a while. But I I didn't have like nearly the relationship me and Aaron had where we like talked for years. Like I I he doesn't get on anymore. I've checked a couple times just to try to catch up with him. I don't have any of his contact info.
0: Maybe he finally moved on.
1: Yeah, which that's the sad part about MMOs, I guess, is that if you walk away for a little <laughs> bit, you might lose, you know, lose friends that only exist to you in that world, which is another addictive premise I right. guess, about them.
0: I kind of wanted to also talk about the future of MMOs, because I feel like they've been pretty stagnant for a while now.
1: Right. I think Um. I think VR is going to shake things uh, up. That's where I was going with of, that. Yep. There's a lot of people trying to get in early on the VR MMO scene. Like, uh, I think, I think Rec Room is kind of going for that a little bit and they're not really like, it's small and it's instanced, but there's definitely a sense of community there. Right.
0: But I was just going to say, I think the first people to do it right and to do it well will be like the new, pretty much kings of the gaming industry in terms of money. Like they will make more money than anyone else.
1: It's hard, though, because you can't do the traditional, like, fairly simple RPG combat. I mean, yeah, and the numbers aren't simple, and like, but the the actual gameplay was fairly simple. Right. Like, it, And you can't really pull that off in VR because VR so tactical. It's
0: certainly like, a can't. challenge. And I think for it to be done right, we don't have the technology yet. I mean, for it to be a truly immersive MMO in VR, I still say at least a decade plus out before we can even start thinking about that sort of thing.
1: But I I think think you could have I'm going to do a short aside into uh, what the next generation of VR is going to look like here for a second. Sure. Uh, Because I was reading about it. Google has technology right now for um, higher resolution VR and higher field of view that can run on the same hardware that the current gen of VR runs on, like the same graphics cards and stuff, uh, using a technology called eye tracking. Uh, where it only it, it's only high resolution where you're looking your peripheral vision is kind of lower resolution that's if that makes sense. that's
0: pretty cool yeah
1: and um so that you know divides the number of pixels that have to render by a ton um it also has hand tracking without gloves uh incredibly accurate um obviously you can't feel anything you're picking up but they can track individual fingers and everything very accurately that's so exciting like that's and that's like 2020 yeah like is when they think that sort of thing is going to be around for consumers like this
0: tech is advancing so fast like we'll be there before we know it you know and And, and, the end game sort of dream mmo i was envisioning it's kind of something like ready player one if you've if you guys have seen that you know i have Uh, i have not um where you have a vr set on you have like a you have a touch suit on and you also are on like a multi-directional treadmill. So you're essentially just, you're there in, in every sense you're there except for like physically, you know, like you're moving, you're, you're feeling, you're seeing everything in the VR world.
1: Right. And I think that has, I mean, there's just an infinite amount of potential there. Absolutely. Yeah. And it couple that with, you know, say world of
0: Warcraft. What if World of Warcraft's the first to do it? Like that would be that would
1: really. There's just so much design you have to rethink, though, because MMOs. uh, Every MMO I've ever played has it's just full of menus, like littered with menus. Right. Yeah. And menus just don't work in VR very well. Right. They have to be very limited.
0: Yeah, I mean, but I do, I do think there's a solution out there. It's just yeah, it just needs
1: to be thought of. I think. there are a lot of little indie games right now kind of solving the individual problems with minis and stuff like there's a VR blacksmithing game that kind of, you know, has a solution to that. It makes everything in a blacksmith forge very tactile and like most MMOs have crafting systems. So crafting needs to be solved. Um, combat is obviously being addressed by a million different people trying to figure out how to make VR combat fun. Honestly,
0: combat will probably be the first thing to get fixed, quote unquote, because yeah. 99% of games have combat.
1: Yeah, yeah. VR combat will get fixed very soon. I mean, VR shooting is fun. So if it's a VR, you know, if it's a shooter MMO, you're fine.
0: Right. I just yeah, my mind goes to like
1: you're fantasy. playing yeah
0: fantasy. You have like 20 different spells with like different shooting buffs a bow and arrow and in
1: it. VR is incredibly immersive. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and like spells, I think are an easy, an easy solution. You can just draw with a wand in the air. I think the hard part is sword combat. Getting that to feel good. We right. have a couple of games that have kind of solved that problem already, like Gorn. I don't know if a VR MMO released and was good right now. I would, I would, as someone who's never paid a subscription service for a video game at all, I would probably subscribe.
0: I would at the very least I, be keeping my eye on
1: it. I I miss being absorbed into an MMO. I kind of miss See, like
0: that's the thing. Part of me misses it, but I think a bigger part of me doesn't because I I definitely have like an addictive personality. So when I was yeah. really into Maple Story, like it was gross, honestly. Like how into it I was.
1: Oh, it's absolutely. I'm sitting here, you know, as like the person who, 30 years later, is still craving a cigarette. You know.
0: Yeah, it's Like MMOs are it's, drugs. Like like full on. Like yeah. they really are. They they activate like your reward sensor in your brain like it's the same like mechanism
1: oh yeah the the endorphins that an mmo releases in your mind are (laughs) it's insane it's not (laughs) right good for you
0: (laughs) and yeah like even to this day like once or twice like maybe even three times a year i will get back on maple story for like several days just get it out of my system and then forget about it for another several months
1: yeah uh you have to
0: i guess you have to since you Indulged in the first place,
1: yeah, yeah. Although
2: something like WoW, WoW's, I think, on the on its way out; it's run its course.
0: Yeah, I mean, WoW's still at the top though, which is just crazy. It's it's Blizzard. Blizzard seemingly can do no wrong.
2: It's yeah. I mean, it's also a combination that all the competitors that like people have said of WoW killers, they've either fizzled out or been improperly supported.
1: Right, and they, I mean. None of them ever got the boom that they expected in the first place as a wow killer. They never had the starting numbers that they really wanted. Stuff like Wildstar. Wildstar was legitimately fun, but it kind of
2: suffered from lack of support and the fact that, you know, the rest of the combat was fun, but everything else wasn't.
1: Yeah, I think, I think you have to have a lot more than co- good combat to make an MMO. You have to have good crafting systems because crafting and selling what you craft is huge in a community economy. Even WildStar's crafting system was good. So I think it's also the lack of an end game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, I mean, I think that's probably enough MMO talk. Well, actually, I just
0: wanted to end this talk by like going back to our first MMO memories.
1: Yeah. Okay. Uh,
0: my first MMO was RuneScape, that I I think started in fifth or sixth grade. I never remember. Yeah, I I remember being so incredibly enthralled by that world. And just I had never played I think I had never even played like a an online multiplayer game before that point. So like it just completely blew my mind. Like all of these other people running around were r- real and like you could trade with them, you could fight them in the wilderness, and you could do all these sorts of things. And I had all sorts of friends that I had gone out and played with and <clears throat> e-, e and like you said, not just the combat, but just like every single facet, leveling up my wood cutting, fire making, simple things like that so addicting like i remember one time like i was in fifth grade or whatever i was just like mining and like smelting ore and i did like i did that all day and i thought it was so much fun <laughs> and, and you know like when you break it down now it's just like that sounds like the most boring thing like you were literally just doing work in a video game but it leveled me up and it made me happy yeah uh, so, um yeah that's kind I- of my
1: first memory I think my first MMO it was it was either Maple Story, which I've already talked about a bunch, so I'll talk about the other one. Uh, it was a game called Fly, which was short for Fly for Fun. It was this game where um, they hook you early with like the promise of this like really cool flight system, where you could get like a hoverboard or like a magic broom or something, and you can fly, but you can't do that till you hit level twenty. So that er- how how long does it take to hit level twenty? Uh it took me less than a week, I think. It's and I was a kid, so I could probably do it in like an hour or two now. But um I don't know. It was uh it was interesting, the world's huge, uh the soundtrack was really cool, and it was you know, like you said, it was my first time playing a game where all these other people were real. And like they kinda and I can see, you know, you can see these other players zooming around in the sky, which to a kid is like, God, that's crazy that they can do that. And you have this massive world map. That they let you see from the very beginning, but you can't get to very much of it because you can't get you can't get off the ground. So you can't go anywhere.
0: Yeah, I imagine as a kid seeing that for the first time, like must have been like a kid in a candy shop, you know, like you're yeah.
1: just awed. It was ridiculous. Yeah. And like I, You actually have to like take really slow transportation around to a couple of the different islands because like you get your first job at level 15, not level 20. So I had to go handle that (laughs) without the ability to fly, which was very annoying and stuff. But like that was just another thing to make you want it more.
0: Yeah.
1: And it had some cool systems like uh, if you got caught doing uh, PVP, like it had a um, it had like a karma system. You could kill other players on certain servers if you wanted to. But if you got the next time you died after that, you would wake up in a prison and you'd have to like grind a certain amount to get out of prison. It was really weird. Hmm. And I remember getting stuck there because you killed other people. And uh, yeah, I killed other people just like to see what the deal was like. I don't know. I, I didn't really understand why I was doing it that much because I was a kid. But yeah, I, I ended up quitting because I got stuck in the prison and couldn't. Oh, man! So you never got
0: your flight.
1: I did. I did get my flight. This oh, okay, was after okay, that. Good. No, the flight was actually incredibly disappointing. The mechanics weren't that fun, and it was just kind of another. It was just a fast way of getting around. That's
0: not surprising at all.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> what about you, Mike?
1: I have tried to think. I think
2: my first one was actually Toontown Online.
1: Oh wow! Okay. Yeah. I, I played that at some point too. That game's iconic. It's very iconic. Thank you, Jesse Shell. <laughs> Did he side so note? Yes. Yeah, Jesse we Shell. He have made spoken that. to
0: the creator of Toontown. All three of us. We've met him.
1: We've got our picture with him. Have we? I don't think I have my picture with him. Yeah, we were holding those Dr. Pepper cans. Uh, Oh, yeah!
2: (laughs) It was great. Um, But that game, I I remember it very fondly because it was one of the first MMOs I played. And one of the only ones I really put a lot of time in and
1: broke many keyboards over, I think. See, I don't think I got the same Wanderlust out of Toontown, because like, you couldn't really talk to people. They had all those restrictions yeah. in the chat and stuff.
2: I don't know how I got into it that deep. I think Toontown I got into a little less deep than I got into Pirates of the Caribbean online. I remember that one. <laughs> Ooh, that one sucked. Like, the free model for that one sucked. Yeah, it was... Like, oh, here, have a pistol. Now you can't access it. it <laughs> was fun.
1: Yeah, I mean, that game was, was kind of like... uh sea of thieves before sea of thieves huh but the one i really got wanderlust out of
2: and i'm gonna get a lot of hate was roblox (laughs) i did too i played a lot of roblox i played i still still to this day go back and look at like what cool people
1: do yeah that game was crazy because it like had an almost unity level editor yeah, and it still does. People do some but, yeah. crazy stuff with it. Oh, yeah. I actually looked at the Roblox editor here recently because um, I saw that somebody was like teaching game development using Roblox. And I was like, well, is the editor really that powerful? And it is. Yeah, it's, it's as powerful as you probably. It's insane. You just can only do Legos. Yeah. Like I've seen people who've made Pokemon games in Roblox. Like it's kooky how
2: well, how much of an engine that game has created. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, a lot of good times, and uh, Roblox is neat because it doesn't have like a ton of MMO kind of mechanics. Yeah, it uh, it's almost more like Little Big Fire. Planet. It, it.
2: Introduce the MMO mechanics.
1: Yeah, I, uh, Roblox that takes me back. That was my first <laughs> shooter. <laughs> See, even. I think it was my first a lot of things.
0: <laughs> even just talking about MMOs <laughs> makes me want to get back on, like, MapleStory or something.
1: Yeah. I'm, oh, I'm, I'm, like, scratching my just, arms like, right now. Which is just, like,
0: very strange because I objectively recognize how terrible of a game that is. Like, it's pure trash, yeah. unadulterated trash.
1: No, nah, it, it, it always. So I always hop on these games, and I think you and I like them for different reasons. Like, I like the community side a lot more than you, I would say. Probably. So I'll hop on Mobinogi, see that I have. A friends list of 200 people and none of them are online and i'll like walk around for 10 or 20 minutes realize i don't want to like try to rebuild you know i don't want to take any of those people off my friends list i don't want to add any to it because it's already 200 people and then i'll just sign off because <laughs> like the damage is done right. the game's over that's the dream the glory days are gone
2: like whenever you get on the mmo they haven't played in a while and you see your friends list it's empty
1: or everyone online. Yeah, it hurt, it stings.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Personally yeah. for me at least, I feel like it's for the best to not play an MMO for me, just cuz I know how I can get.
1: I have that problem,
0: and I'm perfectly happy with all the other types of games I play, so.
1: I have the empty friends list issue on Minecraft as well cuz I played on a a Minecraft server that was fairly it was it was only like 20 or 30 people at its largest. But now it's um I haven't seen another person online in months. I check in on it maybe once a month cuz like I almost grew up with those people. Like I, I started playing Minecraft in middle school, and now I'm about to graduate college, and I still check in on the server. So like, that's a substantial yeah. part of my life. I've been hanging out with those guys, and only like two or three of them are still around at all. It's kind of sad. And, it, and it's literally like zero people online on the server. I'm surprised it's even still up. Because at this point, it's cheaper to keep the server up than
2: not.
0: Just gonna say all good things come to an end
2: yeah yeah
0: um okay i think that that was a really good talk um we can move on to our final pre-e3 hype whatever you want to call it segment actually not too much i think to talk about this week
1: uh i want to get the sonic the hedgehog most of the leaks
0: already happened but um we have already talked about so uh what about sonic connor
1: so, uh, Sonic the Hedgehog, uh, we, I'm sure we all remember in Sonic Adventure 2, the iconic rocket launch scene. Sure. Uh, in Metal Harbor. And uh, Sonic the Hedgehog tweeted, Good morning at Elon Musk on June 4th, 2018. Further evidence. I don't think that's evidence. Oh, I, I think
0: one. that's the Sonic Twitter being cute.
1: I got a big one. Yeah, no, that's super nothing. So,
2: today on play- PlayStationLifestyle.net there was a report that's posted that says Death Stranding gameplay detailed ahead of E3. I don't, I don't believe it that. at all, but...
0: We will see Death Stranding at E3. At the very least, we'll get another trailer. Hopefully, but, we'll get gameplay. Hopefully, ideal scenario, Hideo Kojima will be on that stage with a controller in his hand playing that game.
2: Yeah, a, this is a leak from 4chan, it's probably not true.
0: Right. In terms of actual news, something came out today... That a lot of people are really hyped over, but I have no connection to. Apparently, they're doing a Tales of Vesperia remastered. Do any of you play the Tales games? No.
1: I've played Tales of Symphonia a little uh, back when it was on GameCube, and I just didn't really. I I, I never finished it. I don't. Really yeah, care. there's That's like a lot of buzz
0: about fun. this, but I think the biggest thing for me was uh, Bungie. This isn't a leak, but Bungie did their year two destiny Two reveal content thing and it, they kind of knocked it out of the park like the direction they're taking destiny 2 in is very interesting
2: so killer queen which we talked about a couple days ago is there was a poor chan leak that says it might get revealed on the switch killer clean queen, queen black did we
0: i think i mentioned that last week
2: but
0: i i believe i did but it's it's worth saying again killer queen on switch is a perfect uh match like
1: what is killer queen? Uh,
0: it's that arcade game that uh
1: oh yeah. that would be unreal if that Don't was on know. switch oh my god! yeah gosh. like
0: how much fun would that be like, like just a crap everyone has a joy con like you can all play on one screen it would be great
2: assassin's creed odyssey was confirmed oh, so that would be unreal
0: again we we yeah. talked about assassin's creed earlier uh, the Destiny Two thing, I think, is very like I, I. You guys are probably rolling your eyes, but like,
1: I mean, that game's dead, right? Uh, it doesn't.
0: I don't think it is, especially after this stream. Like everyone watching it was saying that they're totally in for this expansion.
1: I mean, the game was twelve dollars. Like that's that's but, a dead but game.
0: You're missing the point. Destiny Two, like, it's not going to make its revenue by selling more copies of Destiny Two. It's going to make its revenue by. You know, microtransactions, expansions, etc. You know?
1: I guess. I just don't.
0: So, like, they announced a new game mode, which is like PvPVE. They're calling it Gambit. I don't know the details, but, like, a lot of people were hyped over it. Um, They're reworking, like, the gunplay again. So, it could be, like, Destiny 1, or you could make it, like, Destiny 2. It's basically completely customizable now, which is what players have been wanting.
1: How is that like balanced?
0: Um, I don't know. They're ba- they're tweaking a lot of things and they're also reintroducing random weapon rolls again, which players also Uh-oh. wanted. Um, so
2: this is a uh, side steam posted on their blog on the steam blog that their stance on things getting to the steam store is non-action. Everything gets on as long as it's not illegal.
0: I mean, that's kind of already been like,
2: I don't like this. It's
0: evident that that's their policy. Yeah.
2: Now it's straight up confirmed, and I don't like this. <laughs> I used to browse new releases for fun-looking games, and now I browse new releases to get a good laugh.
0: Well, I, I guess S- Steam's moderation, or lack thereof, could be another topic. But yeah, it's definitely a thing.
2: Yeah.
0: Um. But yeah, like just finishing up, I'm pretty hyped for this Destiny 2 stuff. Like, and that's saying something, because I have not touched Destiny 2 in months. But it definitely looked like they were recapturing that old like Destiny feel.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. I just don't... I don't know. I don't have any faith in Bungie these days. And yeah, I, I don't blame it.
0: you. Uh, that's perfectly reasonable. But I don't know. We'll, we'll see when it comes out. But I, at this point, I'm more than likely going to get it and play it. Um, In terms of other E3 leaks slash news, I think... I don't think there's oh well oh, one other thing uh Hitman 2 was sort of leaked slash teased which is a pretty big deal um the first game was like divided up into like episodic or it was was divided into episodes and apparently it didn't sell all that well but like the gameplay and the gunplay and the stealth in those games was superb so I'm very glad yeah, that the
1: people that liked it liked it a lot yeah I'm
0: glad that it's getting a sequel
1: me too yeah
0: one other thing uh that wasn't really a thing when we did our predictions episode. Square Enix is having an E3 showing uh, conference, actually, and which is kind of a rare thing for Square. They don't really do that anymore. But I know, like, uh, Connor, you're a big Square fan. Is there anything you're looking forward to in particular?
1: Or um, hyped over? I I don't know. They'll probably... I don't really know. Um, I'm thinking of all the Square Enix games I play right now. And uh, I think they do Just Cause, don't they? Who? Uh, Square Enix. Square Enix does,
2: but Avalanche Studios is doing that. But they're helping out uh, Bethesda and Id with Rage 2.
1: Yeah, I really don't know what from Square Enix I'm particularly excited for. Did they do um, Near Automata? Yeah. Okay, yeah. If there's anything... No, no. That was platinum, wasn't it? Platinum Games did the combat, uh, but they worked in partnership with Square Enix. I'm checking real quick. It, anything Nier-related, anything Yoko Taro has his hands in, from now on, I'll be buying. Probably after how much I loved Nier Automata.
2: It was published by
1: Square, yeah. Square Enix did I just publish don't, it. I don't know what. Oh, um, I, they'll probably talk about. Um, God, I can't remember the name. They just it had a, a prequel this year, uh, before the storm. Oh, life, life is, strange, is strange. Yes, they'll probably they'll talk about life is strange too, life, and I'll be interested in yeah, that.
0: That'll be good. Uh, they'll probably also talk about more Final Fantasy fifteen stuff, which is just eh to me. But
1: Final Fantasy fourteen is another MMO. Um,
0: and apparently, it's a alive. really good MMO. Yeah, like that's I've what heard. I've heard. Nothing of
1: know. good things about it. I've never played it really. I might have to check it out sometime once. Once I'm done developing games for a while, I think, uh, getting addicted to an MMO right now would be catastrophic to my workflow.
0: I just think, I don't know. I think if you're over the age of like 20, getting addicted to an MMO would just be catastrophic for your life. Yeah. But yeah, um, I don't really, I can't really think of anything else E3 wise we should talk about. Um, obviously E3 is happening, you know, in less than a week, so. The next episode we record is going to be our analysis slash breakdown episode.
1: Our hype episode, you mean?
0: Recap whatever.
1: Our our hype for Banjo Kazooie, the new one, the new Sonic Adventure game, and uh, you mean your hype for
2: the new Sonic Adventure game?
0: (laughs) If if there truly is a new Sonic Adventure game, I will be hyped too. But I don't think it exists.
1: Would you uh, Would you say eat your hat? If there's a new Sonic Adventure game announced.
0: Why would I do something like that?
1: I don't He's know. defensive. He knows. He's an insider.
0: Well, anyway. All right. Uh, let's round off the show and talk about what we've been playing. Uh, who wants to go first?
1: Um, I, I want to go first, I think. Um, plate is a strong word, probably. I just want to talk about totally accurate battlegrounds. For sure. Sure. Um, I, I booted it up I'm very interested in it It's uh, free to play for the next four days Or like if you download it You get to keep it forever It's just free for four days And then it's going to cost five dollars So they're they're kind of trying to get that uh, Initial player base up I wasn't able to get into a game I wanted to play it briefly before this But they have like a shooting range you can play in And um, already I can tell you that the gunplay Feels way <laughs> better than PUBG
0: That's um, Kind of funny
1: I can tell you that um so I mean so basically what they're trying to do is PUBG but better. So this is a PUBG tell.
0: parody game, right?
1: They're calling it a parody game, I think, trying not to get sued, but um it's, you know, in the trailer you see guys running around with pans in their hands, like it it definitely wears its humor on its sleeve. Um and all the costumes you can wear like very silly and stuff. Um but it just seems like a PUBG that isn't horribly unoptimized and like like it was running much better than PUBG ever did on my PC. The graphics aren't as good. It's it's a little low poly. But it it has a style PUBG. which is something I feel like PUBG is missing. So I think it's kind of like you have the people who like a more serious tone kind of flocking to PUBG and uh, like like they want to play first person mode. They want to like actually like worry about gunplay and skill and stuff. Whereas you have people who want to like worry about building and like just kind of maybe just having fun for a match, go to Fortnite, And I think totally accurate battlegrounds wants to steal the more serious gunplay crowd from PUBG. So I, I think overall it, it has potential to be my favorite uh, battle Royale so far, but uh, I have not played it a ton. I just think it's hilarious that it exists. Apparently watching a stream of it right now, you can equip a shield.
2: Yeah, you can equip a sword and shield. Really? Pan.
1: So yeah, I'm excited to give it a shot. I just wanted to plug it here because I don't know, every time I see something in the battle royale genre that looks genuine and like it might actually like do something to build on it instead of just cashing in on it, I'm interested.
0: Right on. Well, I guess this is worth keeping an eye on then. Um, I can go next, I guess. I have been playing Assassin's Creed Origins. So I got this game like around where, when it came out and then played it for like 20 minutes, then put it down just cause I was distracted with other stuff. But this past weekend, I really earnestly got into it, put several hours into it. And it is a fantastic Assassin's Creed game. Um, definitely. I would say top three already. It's just so much fun to play. Uh, it was made by the same team who did black flag and uh, black flag was my favorite Assassin's Creed game. So Origins uh, takes place in Egypt. It's basically a revenge story. The assassin's name is Bayek, and he's basically getting vengeance for his uh, murdered son. The main differentiator for this game, though, is that it has way more intensive RPG elements than any Assassin's Creed before it. It almost feels kind of like The Witcher 3 uh, when you play it. Like... There's like different weapon types, like dual swords, uh, swords, axes, heavy axes, etc. And like these weapon types can have different levels and all this sort of thing. Um, Like there's different types of bows, like combat bows, hunting bows, sniper bows. And uh, the same applies.
2: Yeah,
0: it's a little silly. There's like a shotgun bow, too, where you can like where you literally arm five arrows at once and shoot.
1: I've seen someone do that.
0: Yeah. So like, it's a little silly, but you know, they had to get a little creative with the weaponry uh, to have like the, the, that good old RPG diversity there. But uh, the game is beautiful. It's it, 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 the, just like the architecture and like the geography is so stunning. Like as it always is with the Assassin's Creed games. It, the reason I love those games is because they really transport you to that place and, And in that time, more so than a lot of other games, I think. And that's what they're most effective at. And this one's no different. Um, The map is enormous, and I've yet to explore even half of it.
1: I've heard it's incredibly immersive. Like, they're saying it has educational value.
0: Yeah, they even added a discovery tour mode to the game, where it literally just takes you to historical sites and happenings in ancient Egypt. Uh, there's no, like, combat involved. It's literally just a tour mode for educational purposes, which is something really cool and unique to video games. Yeah, I've been having a blast playing it so far, and I can't wait to get back to it. Uh, what about
2: you, Mike? Mike? Uh, well, uh, I really haven't played anything. I can't talk about Warframe because, you know, arbitrary rules. <laughs> Although Warframe is getting a major content update very soon. So, but...
0: Anything else?
2: Yes, I, I tried playing Mass Effect Andromeda and then immediately quit when I was disappointed. You should talk about it. Oh boy. So I launched Mass Effect Andromeda, so like, it can't be that bad. Like, I kind of. I'm like in a denial, I want to play another Mass Effect game. So I'm like, well, what could we go wrong? The game's still bad. Like, it might be marginally better, the animations might be marginally better, but it's still bad. The combat's good. The game runs decently, I guess, but everything else about the game just sucks.
0: So, like, there were all these stories about, like, the janky animation stuff. Have they patched that, at least? Oh,
2: they're still there. They're just slightly less jank.
0: But, like, you're saying that the gameplay loop isn't fun and, like...
2: The gameplay loop isn't fun. I haven't even made it to the main part of the game, and I already don't like it. So it has no hook, really, at the beginning. Even it really hasn't hooked me. Like your dad dies—that's the hook. Spoilers. Spoiler for a game that no one's ever going to play. Yeah,
0: good point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So do you do you anticipate like are you going to keep playing it not. or are you done, done already? Yeah.
2: Like I, I kind of have no interest in going back to it and actually progressing past the prologue.
0: What a shame! You know, like Mass Effect one through three are some of my favorite games of all time. But yeah, I can't be bothered with Mass Effect and Andromeda.
2: That and the fact that they completely abandon the story means even if I do get attached, it's going to end on a cliffhanger and I'm just going to be very disappointed.
0: I was just going to yeah. say, if that's all you have to say about Mass Effect, we can round off the show. Um, all right, so this was our last pre-E3 episode. E3 is going to happen between this show and the next. And I'm very excited. Obviously, all three of us are going to watch it and we'll come back with our reactions and you know who won what bets and all that good stuff and i don't know i'm just really hyped i can't wait to see what's shown i hope there's still some surprises with how leaky it's been
1: yeah me too i'm I'm a little worried about that yeah we'll see you next week see ya